Hi guys, it's Claire and this is the Coached by Claire podcast. If you want some company in your pursuit of a healthier, stronger, fitter you, then you've come to the right place. Strap in for stories about my own journey and useful education about how you can improve your health and achieve the goals you've always wanted. Hi guys, welcome to episode 41 of the podcast and episode two of the six week shape up Q and A. So I've got my questions written down and I'm just going to dive straight on in. So earlier on in the week, Chloe and Stacey said that they were feeling it a lot after they'd done their um, leg workout. I think it was their leg workout. Um, So what they were experiencing was delayed onset of muscle soreness. You might sometimes hear this referred to as DOMS. Um, And this is really, really normal when you start any kind of new training program, even if you're a seasoned weightlifter, if you switch up your program and do something a bit different, you will find that you get DOMS. And this is a totally normal part of training. But what you need to know is that the more you do it, the less DOMS you will get, the more accustomed to the exercises your body will get. And you will get to a point where you don't really have DOMS until your training program switches up again. And this is not to say that if you don't have DOMS, it's not working or it's not doing anything. It's still doing all of the things. It's still making um, the tiny micro tears in your muscles, which is what happens when you lift weight. Um, But it's just that you're kind of used to it now. So it's not hurting like it does at the start. So it's really normal to feel DOMS. and actually, this highlights the importance of taking rest days in between uh, exercise sessions. So one of the questions on the last Q&A was from Carolyn about do we have to be working out every day? And the answer to that was no. And one of the things that I forgot to say in that Q&A was that actually a really important thing is to take rest days because that is when your muscles then repair and grow after you have trained them Um you do your muscles do all the growth while you're like sleeping and resting so it's super important that you give yourself time to repair what I would say is that if you're experiencing really bad doms for example from your lower body session maybe just wait until the doms have subsided until you go back and do any more lower body um you don't want to train on really really sore muscles because that's going to prolong the soreness Although if you're a bit sadistic like me, you probably will like the feeling of DOMS. Um, But yeah, it's really important to take your rest days, but DOMS are totally normal and they will get better the more you do it. So the next question, which was a really good question, came from Chloe. And I think someone else in the group had had a similar thing. I think it might have been Rebecca. Um, She said, I've got 600 calories left for the day and I'm going to struggle to eat that now. Um, what should I do? Like, do I just eat for the sake of eating or what? So yeah, as I said, a really good question. 600 calories is quite a lot to have left, right? That's, that's a fairly big sized meal. What you will find is if you are consistently under eating by that much and having that many calories left over, it will at some point catch up with you and you will find that you become so hungry that the urge to overeat is really, really great and very hard to resist. And you will then end up 
overeating quite a lot. And this goes back to things that I've said before in the podcast about um, diets that put you on really low, low calories. They're not sustainable because at some point you're going to be so fucking hungry that you're going to fall so violently off the wagon um, and you're you're really going to struggle to get yourself back up. So um, try as best you can. And this is where planning and preparation is key. And I'm not saying that you have to like meal prep all of your food, but where possible, try and plan in where and how you're going to eat. Obviously, that is difficult depending on what your day looks like and what kind of job you have. I know, Chloe, obviously you work shifts at the hospital. So potentially this might be something that is sometimes difficult to achieve because if you have a very, very busy hospital shift, it can be then very difficult to ensure that you get your food in at the right time for you or that you get all your calories in a day because unfortunately, for anyone else that has experience of this working in a hospital environment, you don't always get the chance to eat. Like if the shit hits the fan and it's really fucking busy, you can't just be like, Oh, well, I'm going to go and take 10 minutes and eat. You like, you have to um, respond to what's happening on the floor. Um, And sometimes that means unfortunately going without food. I wish it wasn't like that, but it is. Um, But planning as much as you possibly can will help reduce this happening again and making sure that you're taking things to work that you can go in and have a quick mouthful of over the day if you need to. And again, like it's not ideal, but this is about working around real life situations. And this is exactly what this is. So for me, something I find really helpful when I'm on shift at the hospital is taking in a big um, Tupperware of like some yogurt, some berries, maybe a bit of granola in there, maybe some protein powder mixed in, something like that. And I know that I can nip into the staff room, have a few mouthfuls of it out the fridge and nip out again. And it, you know, I'm in and out within a few minutes and it can stay in the fridge all day and I can go back to it as many times as I need. And again, not ideal. You would really ideally be able to sit down and eat a whole meal, but sometimes that's not always possible. So that things like that will hopefully help minimize the amount of calories that you're having left. But in terms of what to do, essentially it's really up to you. So if you have say 300, two to 300 calories left and you've hit your protein target for the day, you can do whatever you want with that two to 300 calories, right? You could have some biscuits, have some tea and biscuits. You could have some ice cream, you could have some crisps and dip, like whatever it is that floats your boat that you fancy, you can have, that's absolutely fine. If you have got calories left and you haven't hit your protein target, what I would advise is trying to have something that's going to enable you to hit that protein because that's going to really benefit you. So something like a protein bar, again, maybe some yogurt and granola, um, maybe some like shredded roast chicken with a little bit of salad it doesn't have to be a full meal it could be more of like a starter slash snack size um that would be really good but if you are finding that you've got you know occasionally an amount of calories left you're really really not hungry you don't have to force feed yourself to eat you for the most part most of you are in a calorie deficit and so if you've got calories left over it's not the end of the world it's just that 
you need to be mindful of how many calories you've got left over and how often that is happening. 600 calories on one day like is quite a lot, but if it's just one day in isolation, it's probably not going to matter too much. And you could tack those calories onto the next day to allow yourself some extra food. Like that's absolutely fine. And what you have to remember about calorie targets is that you don't have to hit those exact calories every day. Something we do or I do a lot with my one-to-one clients in prepping them for social events at the weekends and things like that is sometimes we cycle calories. So we might hold back one to 200 calories a day over the period of five days. And then by the weekend, they've, they've either got 500 or a thousand extra calories to spread over that weekend on top of their normal deficit calories. Um, so you can always tack those extra calories you've got left onto the next day or spread them over the next couple of days. That's absolutely fine but you don't have to. But yeah, what I would just say is if it's happening on a regular basis, you need to look at how you're planning your food and maybe try and plan a bit better. So you haven't got such a huge amount left, if that makes sense. Um, And another one from Chloe, it wasn't a question, but she went into the gym and I think it was busy in there. There was um, she maybe felt like she didn't really quite know what she was doing. This is a, and what you have to remember guys is that this is a new gym program that you're all doing. If you're going to the gym or even if you're at home, this is a totally new program. Probably some of you won't have done some of these exercises before. And so it's all about learning and getting used to it and getting accustomed to it. And that's absolutely fine. But she felt really overwhelmed. And in the end, I think she did some of the workout and then in the end left in a bit of a panic and she said feeling and looking like an idiot so first of all absolutely you were not looking like an idiot in any way shape or form one thing that you have to remember is that like going into the gym can be intimidating and it's intimidating for everybody at some point I don't tend to have much gym intimidation anymore because I've been going to the gym for such a long time I feel like I know what I'm doing however there are still the odd occasion where I walk into the gym and it's unexpectedly busy um or I I get this sometimes and it's coming up to that time of year where it's like school holidays um and there are lots of kind of like teenage boys who maybe perhaps at the moment are doing their exams so they've got like free periods or they might have finished their exams so they're having that long summer holiday and they go into the gym and there's loads of them in there and it's it's not that they specifically intimidate me. It's just that it catches me off guard and it throws me off slightly. And that's a really normal feeling to have. But Chloe, what you have to remember is that you were really brave to go there in the first place. Like just going there and being there. And even if you didn't pick up any weights or do anything, just stepping in that environment is such a win in itself. And I know you you have been to the gym before. I know that you, you do go but you know before you joined this program you have been going um so maybe it was just one of those where it was just kind of unexpected you just felt a bit overwhelmed and that's totally normal but the really amazing thing is is that she went back the next day and she smashed out another gym workout she didn't let it stop her and that is the key to this is when you feel overwhelmed or you feel like you're struggling with something don't let it put you off don't let it stop you try again the next day just because you've had one bad day at the office or you know something hasn't gone to plan doesn't mean it's the end of the world and something that we're doing in this group at the moment is working on like all or nothing mentality and 
just because you can't do every single thing perfectly doesn't mean that you have to jack it all in and do nothing. So I'm glad that you managed to get over that fear and that you went back the next day. I'm really proud of you for that. And hopefully you felt good. And again, what you just need to remind yourself is that the more you guys do this and the more you get used to it, the easier it will become and the less worried and intimidated you will feel and the less you will give a tiny flying fuck what anyone else is thinking about you. And then the next question is from Stacy. How heavy is the trap bar? The trap bar is usually about 25 kilos. They may vary from gym to gym, but they're usually around 25 kilos. So they are fairly heavy. So um, if you're using the trap bar for your deadlifts, then, and you feel like you can't add any extra weight on, that's absolutely fine. You don't have to, if, you know, they are pretty heavy already. So start with just the trap bar without any weight on it. You might want to put a box or a bench either side of the trap bar so you're not having to lift it right from the floor because if you're going to add weights onto it, you're going to be adding the big bumper plates on, which will lift it up slightly, um, which will make your start position for the deadlift more appropriate. So if you're not putting any weights on, you might want to think about could you maybe stack some bumper plates either side to rest it on so you're not picking it up straight from the floor or maybe put it on a box or something? I'm just thinking, I said bench to begin with, but bench probably a little bit high. Um, but yeah, 25 kilos is how much the trap bar is. And then another question from Stacey, how to track food when you're out and about? So um, Stacey, I think went for brunch yesterday and it looked really nice at some avocado on toast thing. Um, so this, um, I think sometimes we just overthink this, right? It doesn't need to be that complicated. So if you eat toast at home and avocado at home and poached eggs at home, all of those things you will be able to find in your MyFitnessPal. Now, if you've only just started tracking, you might not have these things saved in MyFitnessPal. But if you've been tracking for a while, you should be able to easily find them. MyFitnessPal will remember the foods that you eat most commonly um, or that you've input recently. So it's really easy to find them again. So if you go out for brunch and you order, you know, toast with avocado and poached eggs and you get two slices of wholemeal toast, half an avocado and a couple of poached eggs, that's fairly easy to track what you might need to think about is adding things like butter and oil. The eggs have likely been cooked in oil if they're fried. Obviously, if they're poached, they won't have been. But if they're fried, they've likely been cooked in oil. And if there's butter on the toast. Um, and in terms of other places for eating out, we're, I think, um, lucky now that lots of places have calories on the menu. There are obviously still a lot of restaurants that don't, independent restaurants, smaller restaurants, that sort of thing. Um, but what is quite a nice thing to do is to um, have a look at a similar restaurant that does have calories on the menu. So, for example, sorry, I've got something in my eye for those of you watching. Everyone listening on the podcast will just be not seeing this anyway. Um, so a couple of weeks ago, I went on a bike ride with my friends and I think I might have talked about this on a on a podcast recently. But anyway, I will repeat and we went to a pub and I had fish and chips and I had a chocolate brownie with ice cream for pudding. Now, this pub that we went to doesn't have calories on the menu. It's an independent country pub. However, I know that there is another pub that I've been to that does have calories on the menu. Um, 
So I Googled that pub, looked at their menu, took the calories of the fish and chips and the calories of their chocolate brownie with ice cream and just input that on my fitness pal. Now, obviously it's not going to be exact, but it's probably going to be fairly close in terms of ballpark figure. Um, and you can do this with any restaurant. So if you go to an, an independent Italian restaurant, you can, there are loads of Italian restaurants that have got calories on the menu. Things like Ask, Zizi's, Carluccio's, um, loads more. If you're going to a French restaurant, you can look at things like Cafe Rouge, Cote Brasserie. If you're um, going to, I'm trying to think of, like a pub like I did, there's like, you know, Harvester, um, Weatherspoons does like pub food. There's all of that sort of thing. So it's it can be fairly easy to go and have a look at other places, take the calories from their menu for the food that you're eating because they will largely have similar foods and then input those on MyFitnessPal. And as I said, it's not going to be exact, but it's going to give you a good ballpark figure of where you're at. And that's really important in helping you to stay on track. Because when we don't track stuff and we miss it off, it's really easy to kind of like put it out of sight, out of mind. And it's that mentality that, oh, well, if it's not written down, like it didn't really happen. Um, so I would definitely suggest doing that. That's probably going to be your most accurate way of doing it. Um, Chloe, sing on the single arm row, do I log 10 reps or 20 reps? So this is entirely up to you really. And this goes for the same as weight. So if it is a, um, if it's a movement where you're using two dumbbells, for example, but you're moving the dumbbells at the same time. So say it's a bicep curl and you're moving them at the same time because you're doing both arms at the same time. Personally, for me, I then log the dumbbells as a combined weight because I'm moving both of them at the same time. If I'm doing a single arm dumbbell curl, I will log the weight of one dumbbell because I'm just moving one weight at, at a time, if that makes sense. With single arm rows it's up to you if you put in that you've done 20 reps and you know that that means you've done 10 reps each side that's absolutely fine if you want to put in 10 reps because you know that means you've done 10 reps each side that is fine it's entirely up to you when you're logging your weights and your reps and stuff that is for your reference only so it doesn't as, as long as you understand what you're putting in then it doesn't really matter um then this morning Ali said is anyone else suffering from bloat is this normal um and I think the responses from that that was no one else was really experiencing bloating so there are lots of different things that will cause us to bloat heat excess water sometimes really increased intake of fruit and veg because it makes you extra gassy hormones will make you bloated um, sometimes just like increased food volume. So if you are having an emphasis on low calorie, high volume foods, like that extra food will make your abdomen expand more than normal because there's more sat in it. Right. And like, if you look at yourself in the morning in the mirror, after you've been to the toilet, before you've eaten anything, you are going to be at your most dehydrated and your least bloated, and then throughout the day, you will notice that your body changes and that's totally normal and not anything to worry about. I think if it if you're um, 
I would I would say that probably the bloating that you're experiencing is likely unrelated to what we're doing unless you have really significantly increased your um, fruit and veg intake, but it would probably have to be quite a significant increase. Sometimes increased protein can make people a little bit constipated to begin with um, and affect kind of your bowel movements a wee bit. But again, I wouldn't, I've not had any experience with either myself or anyone else for it causing them extreme bloating. Um, so it could well be that there's just something else going on. It might be that, yeah, it's your hormones or your water intake or something like that. But um, obviously if it persists, let me know and um, maybe like go to the doctors if it, if it really persists. But I think it's probably just one of those random things and it will settle. Um, Rebecca tracking things like Lee and Perrin's um, I think you said on exit sorry I didn't write down the rest of the question but tracking things like Lee and Perrin's yes I would say track it so for five mils of Lee and Perrin's it's only five calories but five mils of Lee and Perrin's is not very much like if I'm gonna have cheese on toast and have Lee and Perrin's with it you know I'm having half a bottle, in which case I definitely need to track that. So 100 mils of Liam Perrins is about 96 calories, I think. Um, so it depends how much you're having. If you're literally having a few drops, it it probably doesn't matter because it's going to be like sub double figures in terms of calories. But if you're like me and you're a saucy burger, um, and you like your food drenched in like sauce, gravy, Liam parents, whatever it is, then yes, definitely track it. And it's just because a lot of the time that's where like hidden calories can be. If you're putting a lot of sauces on your foods and you're not tracking them and you think, oh, it's fine. This is just a few extra calories. And actually, if you add it up over the day, sometimes it can amount to like one or 200 calories, which is quite a dent in your um, calorie allowance then. So definitely track it. I would say, particularly to begin with. And like over time, if you realize that actually you have a really small amount each time and therefore it's not really worth tracking, then don't worry about it. But I would definitely track it to begin with. And then the last question was from Chloe uh, again, and it said, how to manage calories on nights, um, e.g. do we use midnight as the cutoff? So again, it's kind of up to you, but yes this is how I've always done it so um for those of you that don't know when I started my kind of fitness journey and quest for health and I lost quite a lot of weight I was working full-time at the hospital and I would use midnight as my cutoff for my calories because I just found that was a good way for me to manage it and I was easily able to kind of set out like what I was going to do then in terms of food so it can be a bit tricky um, coming up to your first night shift because this is probably the time that you're going to have to think about your food most carefully. Because obviously for most of us that work night shifts, prior to our first night, we're generally going to be awake most of the day. You might get the odd nap in the afternoon, but you're not going to be sleeping all day because you've just slept the night before. So you're going to get up and have breakfast what I used to tend to do was try and have a, a bit of a later breakfast, make it high protein, high volume, um, with a sensible amount of calories. And then I would probably then skip lunch and have 
um like an earlier dinner maybe around five o'clock again high protein lots of fruit and veg sensible amount of calories and then I've got enough calories then to have something before midnight at work because quite often I find and I don't know if anyone else finds this but the hours between getting to work and midnight I find I can get quite hungry um so I would take things to work again I'm gonna say it again yogurt protein um granola berries is a good one overnight oats is quite a good one to take and have um you could make like whatever you're having for dinner you could make surplus and take then another portion of it um to work with you and then at midnight I would reset my calories and then I probably on nights I probably then wouldn't eat maybe until like five or six in the morning obviously depending on what the shift is like and depending on what area you're working in it can be a little bit different but then at sort of like around five or six in the morning I would probably have either some porridge with a protein bar melted into it delicious by the way um or maybe some overnight oats or some toast with banana chopped on top of it something like that just to tide me over and then personally I would go home and then just go straight to sleep and then I wouldn't eat then till I woke up but you might then want to go home and have another breakfast, in which case that's absolutely fine. So just remember that like your calories are there for for the day, for the 24 hours. In fact, you can look at your calories as a, as a weekly total. Like if when you're on nights, you find it really difficult to stay within that bracket for the time that you're on nights, you can increase your calorie allowance for those shifts. And then after your shifts or before your shifts in preparation, you can reduce your calorie allowance slightly. So over the week, you're still in your deficit. So if your deficit is 1800 calories, just times 1800 by seven and work out what you've got for the week. And in fact, if you go on to um, my fitness pal and scroll to the bottom of your diary and look at, I can't remember what it's called now. I think it's nutritional information. And then you can change it to week view. It will tell you how many calories you've averaged so far and how many calories you've got left for the week, which is quite helpful. Um, But again, it's kind of a personal thing. Like if it doesn't work for you to do it like that, you don't have to. But from personal experience and also working with other clients that do shift work, I have quite a lot of clients that do shift work. um, I think a reset at midnight is quite a nice thing to do just like psychologically more than anything as well um yeah so that concludes all of the questions for today thank you so much for asking all of those really good questions um remember to keep dropping them in the group the next q a is going to be tuesday so um it's thursday today so we've got a few days between have a lovely weekend if anyone is struggling just again pop a message in the group and let me know and you're all doing amazing so far and I'm so proud of you all and I will speak to you later